Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description. Welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. On today's episode, we will be discussing Once Upon a Time, Season 1, Episode 16, Heart of Darkness. This episode was written by Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg and directed by Dean White. It premiered March 18th, 2012 and had a viewership of 8.69 million. A brief synopsis, Mary Margaret hires Gold as her attorney when she is arrested for the suspected murder of Catherine. While flashbacks show Charming try to find Snow, whose memory is clouded by Rumpelstiltskin's potion. And in the title card features Jiminy Cricket. So diving into the episode, in the enchanted forest that was, Red Riding Hood and Prince Charming are at a camp in the woods when the guards who have been pursuing Prince Charming arrive. Red tells him to leave her and go find Snow White. Since the moon is full, she takes off her cloak and hood and transforms into the wolf, attacking the guards and allowing Prince Charming to escape. And so this no- is where we left off, right? Like, this is where we left off in the episode where, like, you said this is camp, but isn't this more so, like, where we left off in the last episode yeah. where we saw Charming and Red and they were running through the woods, like, yeah. right after Charming had gotten to her and Red said Snow wasn't there? Right. Yeah, you're right. That is that is a correction. Um, it wasn't a, a camp, um, but it was just like on the edge of the woods in a field. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Um, and my only note here in the scene was, is Red more badass than Charming? I mean, she really is. She just goes, I'm going to do this. And like, I think it's fascinating, especially because last episode, you know, she had just found out that she was a wolf and clearly wasn't taking it well. And then mm-hmm. they go to this episode where she's like, Oh, I'm just going to embrace it. And like, obviously there's been quite a bit of time in between these two things, but it's a little jarring to be honest, like that we don't get more of her kind of dealing with that aspect of being a wolf before her just being like, yeah, I'm going to go full wolf. Yeah. Full beast mode. I, I just thought it, it was pretty badass scene for her. And I'm just going to add here that there was a book chapter for this episode, but uh, honestly, it was pretty one for one for the episode. Like there wasn't really anything adding. There wasn't anything to say there. It was basically reading the episode in book form. Okay. In Storybrook, Sheriff Emma Swan takes mug shots of Mary Margaret, but insists that she doesn't want to arrest her and that she has no choice as the evidence is too strong. She tells Mary Margaret to be patient since Mayor Regina Mills will fire her if she doesn't do her job by the book. And if Emma gives her a reason to fire her, the next sheriff will railroad Mary Margaret. I feel like all that should be obvious. And I know it's hard on Mary Margaret and Emma's like friendship, but like Mary Margaret has to know that like Emma can't just let her go. Yeah, agreed. In the Enchanted Forest, Snow White is cleaning inside the cottage she shares with the seven dwarves and singing. But seeing a bluebird, she tries to kill it with a broom. Grumpy enters and, yeah, it's kind of funny. 
Grumpy enters and Snow White explains that she is getting rid of the vermin in the house. He asks her to come to dinner, but she is shocked to find a talking cricket waiting to speak to her. Jiminy Cricket has arrived to stage an intervention concerning Snow White. Grumpy says that the potion is to blame for her change in behavior. Since taking it, she has changed and has been angry with everyone. Jiminy points out that Snow White is taking her problems out on her friends. Snow seems to be agreeing, but then argues that the real problem is the evil queen. Despite Jiminy's pleas, Snow White says that she will get revenge and leaves, declaring her intention to kill the queen. So I have a few notes here. In the beginning of the scene, Snow White hums with a smile and a song from Disney's 1937 Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs film. Uh, okay, I didn't realize that, but I also haven't seen that movie in a long time, so. Yeah, well, we'll both be checking it out pretty soon. Yeah. Again. I have an observation. The bird that Snow White attacks is a lo love bird, and it is CGI blue. Like, it wasn't actually blue. They CGI'd it. And it is the same kind of bird that she and her counterpart set free in pilot. Interesting. Mm -hmm. The enchanted intervention made me laugh out loud. And uh, Grumpy's line to Snow of saying, look what you're doing to Happy after Happy started insulting Snow White. Uh, that also made me laugh. <laughs> and that this is how Snow White and Jiminy meet. This is a great scene. Jennifer Goodwin's uh, acting here is so good mm -hmm. like especially given how she acts in most other scenes acting as snow or mary margaret like this scene is yeah. amazing like chuckles it's, all around this entire scene yeah it's a different take on the character because she's uh it's meant to be out of character a bit, yeah so yeah and she's fantastic at doing it so good back in storybrook emma takes mary margaret into the interrogation room for questioning Regina is there as a third-party person, so Emma does not show favoritism. Mary Margaret is surprised when being shown the box that had the heart in it. She admits to having seen the box before, since it is her jewelry box, but insists it must have been stolen. Regina assures Mary Margaret that she knows what she is going through. She knows what losing someone is like and how it can put someone in a dark place. Emma takes Regina outside and tells her that, as an observer, she shouldn't ask questions. Regina tells Emma to investigate the apartment for evidence of a robbery, but that a woman who has been heartbroken is capable of doing unspeakable things. I hate and that Regina's really trying to put her own emotions on Mary Margaret here. Like, I would do all these crazy things. Obviously, other people would do all these crazy things just because they lost their love. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Especially since uh, Catherine was leaving anyway. So yeah. why would Mary Margaret attack her? Eh, who knows? But you're right about Regina putting her, her own feelings onto it. Uh, my note here says, so the box being Mary Margaret's jewelry box is why her fingerprints were inside it. Because that bothered me in the last episode. I, like I, Yeah. You know, back in the Enchanted Forest, Snow White is in the forest when she captures one of the Queen's knights. She threatens to kill him if he doesn't give her information about the queen's whereabouts. After complying with her demand, Snow White knocks out the knight and takes his armor and clothes as a disguise for herself. 
Grumpy shows up and warns her that her plan will not work. He offers to take her to Rumpelstiltskin as he wants him to reverse the effects of the, po of the potion. Snow White agrees to go, knowing that the wizard is capable of anything. And I put in my note here a dark version of Snow White. I mean, I think it'd be more fascinating if we got an even darker version. Hmm. Like, let's imagine for a second Snow White as the dark one. Oh. Instead of anybody else that it could possibly be. Well, I thought you were going in a different direction. I thought you were going to say, uh, let's imagine a world where Snow White marries James instead of Charlie. Oh, that would also be interesting. Yeah, and has fireball powers for some reason. And uh, Regina's the one that's hunted. I mean, it's implied later that if she had killed Regina, she would have kind of inherited a lot of what Regina already was experiencing. So interesting. Like, would she have learned magic? Would she mm. have gained powers? Mm. I'm not really sure that's the case, but alternative life Snow White would be a very interesting thing to see. There's got to, going back to your point, though, there's got to be some fan fiction out there where Snow White becomes the dark one. Oh, it's possible because it's like there's definitely a world where, you know, that could easily happen, especially mm. with all that she goes through mm. throughout this whole series. Like alternatively, she could have taken that spot instead of a, uh, instead of down the line. I, I, it would be interesting, like if Snow White was the dark one, what Emma would have ended up, well, it wouldn't have been Emma because, well, I guess it could have been Emma anyway, but what her children would have been like if they had been born with magical powers and stuff. Anyway, moving on. In Storybrooke, Emma checks her and Mary Margaret's apartment for signs of a break-in. Henry shows up, even though he should be at school, saying they need to help Mary Margaret. He believes Regina framed Mary Margaret, which Emma has trouble believing in, because yeah. his, his only reason is that she hates Snow White, meaning Regina. She doesn't find that there was a break-in, but Emma hears rattling in the floor bed. When she opens it, Emma pulls out a hunting dagger that matches the kind of knife believed to have been used to kill Catherine. Which I wonder how they could theorize the hunting knife that was used, because like they don't have Catherine's body. I think what kills this about me is later, Mary Margaret's like, I didn't even know there was a vent, pretty much. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? It's right there. It's like giant vents, Mary Margaret. Right next to your bed. Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know anything about the vent. Like, listen, there are some lies I'm willing to believe. That's not one of them. Yeah. Later, Henry broods in Granny's diner when August Booth walks in and sits down next to him. Henry tells him that he is upset about Emma having to arrest Mary Margaret. August tells him that he also believes the book's stories are real and that his mission is to convince Emma the stories are true, which excites Henry. He explains that his reasons for being in Storybrooke is to help Emma believe the stories. Henry says he has to try to find proof for Emma. August suggests that he should search in the book, then leaves. And my only note here is Henry to August, how do you know the stories are real? And August saying, let's just say I'm a believer. And that's not exactly a lie. It's just kind of bending the truth. Yeah. One of my favorite lines here is, you ain't going to find the answers at the bottom of that mug. Like Henry, some alcoholic yeah. drinking alcohol. Like yeah. He just got hot chocolate. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> that's a good one. In the Enchanted Forest, Prince Charming finds the new knight who tells him 
about Snow White's plans to kill the queen and how she has gone off to find Rumpelstiltskin. Prince Charming questions the knight's versions of events, but goes to find her. My only note here is Charming to the nude knight. Put your hands up where I can see them. On second thought, don't. (laughs) Ah, the inappropriateness of this episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) David Nolan pays a visit to Regina at her office and defends Mary Margaret. Regina says that evil is not born, but made, and is not always easily recognized. David is skeptical that Mary Margaret knows anything about evil. He tells Regina about his blackouts and his suspicion that he did these things, but Regina is dismissive of him. Emma tells Mary Margaret about the dagger and tells her to get a lawyer. With perfect timing, Mr. Gold walks in and offers Mary Margaret his legal services. She sends Emma away to speak with him privately. Mary Margaret says that she is unable to pay him, but he dismisses it, declaring that he is helping her because he is invested in her future, a line which will come back. Yeah. My notes here are Regina to David. Evil doesn't always look evil. Sometimes it's staring us right in the face, right? And she says that as she's looking at him. Oh, it's it's wild. Like a <laughs> lot of, especially also her being like, when David's like, oh yeah, you don't know much about evil. Like David, <laughs> stop <laughs> talking. <laughs> And Little my, does this man know. No, you're right. My next note here is Mr. Gold was able to convince the judge to drop the charges when he was falsely arrested by Emma. So this goes back to him being arrested for uh, beating up Mr. French. Yes. And we, we had theorized that uh, Mr. French just didn't press charges against him and that's how he got off, but he was able to convince the judge. Now I want to know who the judge is. Hmm. Yeah, we find. I'm not sure we ever do we know? No, we find out who the uh, district attorney is shortly, but we don't find out who the judge is. I believe that would have been an interesting character who they would have put in there. But eh, say, Levy. Back in the enchanted forest, Rumpelstiltskin tells Grumpy that the effects of the potion cannot be undone. Snow now is incapable of feeling love, and he does not have a true love potion, as it is the one he has never been able to create. Snow White tells him that she did not come for love, and she asks for his help to kill the queen. He gives her an enchanted bow and arrow that always hits its mark and shows her on a map where the best location to shoot the queen will be. Grumpy wants nothing to do with this. When Snow White inquires about payment, Rumpelstiltskin says he doesn't want anything and is simply invested in her future. And there's the callback. So. I think my favorite line here is that we learned that love is the most powerful magic of all, but of love, if you can bottle love, you can do anything. Yeah. It was interesting too, because I paused on the scene where it showed all of his potions and I was trying to figure out what they were, like the ones that he had there. Yeah. Um, And I couldn't figure, they had had symbols on them. I I couldn't depict what they were. Um, I'm sure they're like metaphysical kind of, things that not necessarily like bottling love like either bottling emotions or other metaphysical properties right but yeah it's interesting because in this episode he does in fact bottle love spoilers for the end of the episode I guess but I don't remember exactly what he does with it and I guess we'll find out in the series I don't remember either I just I knew it was coming because I know in a previous episode when we were talking about why he wanted her hair that I mentioned that 
pretty sure it's for to bottle true love. Mm -hmm. And I guess we'll be reminded when it pops up. Yeah. In Storybrooke, David visits Archie Hopper and tells him about his blackouts. I don't really have anything about this scene. I think it's no, pretty it's pretty uh, quick, yeah. like one and done. Prince Charming goes to see Rumpelstiltskin and wants to know about Snow White. Rumpelstiltskin explains that Prince Charming himself is the cause of her pain. He warns him that if Snow kills the queen, Snow White will become evil. As for reversing the spell, Rumpelstiltskin tells him that true love's kiss can break the potion's effects and gives Charming a map to Snow White's location in exchange for his cloak. And there's a hidden detail in here. When Prince Charming confronts Rumpelstiltskin, there is an arrangement of roses on the table. And that is a reference to Rumpelstiltskin's story with Belle. And my other note is, uh, I believe this is the first time we hear Rumpelstiltskin say, true love, like the <laughs> funny little way he says it. Even you like true love. Yeah, yes. 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 No, I think we do hear him say it that way before now, but I don't really remember what episode, but I think we do. Okay. Well, it was the first time it stood out to me then. Snow White has set up a place from which to fire at the queen and is testing the bow when Prince Charming sneaks up behind her. He embraces her and kisses her. However, the kiss has no effect. Snow White still does not know who he is, so she knocks him out and ties him to a tree. And my note here is Charming saying, I will always find you, and Snow knocks him out. Ah, uh, it's too funny. Back in Storybrooke, Henry has taken the keys from his mother's office. He thinks Regina used them to take the jewelry box and plant the dagger. Emma tries one of the keys in Mary Margaret's door, which successfully opens it, much to Emma's surprise. So these are the skeleton keys that we noticed earlier. Yeah. In the Enchanted Forest, Prince... Also, before I go further, I also wanted to note, like, Henry was trying a bunch of different keys, and then Emma was like, oh, fine, I'll try one, and that's the one that works. I just think, you know, it's more of that Emma is special kind of thing going on. Probably. So back in the Enchanted Forest, Prince Charming wakes up, chained to a tree. He is surprised that the kiss did not restore Snow White's memories of him, but she still insists she does not love him. She goes off to kill the queen, despite Prince Charming's pleas. I don't have any notes about that. Uh, I think it's interesting here that, like, she's very, like, words, 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 that's all love is, and mm. words don't mean anything, and that she's going to take action, and her action is killing the queen. Yeah, that's a good point. Brutal. Very cruel. In Storybrooke, David undergoes hypnosis in an attempt to remember what happened between him and Catherine the night she disappeared. David talks about his last conversation with Catherine and that she wanted David to be with Mary Margaret if that meant that he would be happy. He has flashbacks of being in the woods with Snow White in the Enchanted Forest. He mistakes these for memories of Mary Margaret. He remembers Snow White trying to kill the evil queen and himself saying to her, don't kill her. David rushes out of Archie's office without telling him what he saw. Okay, so David's obviously like in hypnosis and experiencing these things. Does that mean that this happens to other characters sometimes? Like maybe since Emma's been here that people like go to Archie and have conversations and have like sudden flashes of memory of this weird other life? Yeah, it, it is interesting. There's, there's a whole 
different list of fan theories and speculations about when characters woke up and everything. Well, uh, the curse worked differently on David because he was in the coma originally, so he didn't have the fake memories. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if that makes him unique in the hypnosis, like of and that bringing back his memories of the enchanted forest. I don't know. But like we've already established, these people don't really have like actual memories. Like they kind of have stories that have been given to them, but they don't have actual memories. So like if they were trying to like dig up childhood memories, presumably mm. they from the forest, not from their life at Storybrook, because there would yeah. be nothing to pull from Storybrook. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Like, if Snow was going to go under hypnosis with Mary Margaret, she would pull up stuff from her life at the Enchanted Forest and her father there. That's what she would pull, because there is nothing else to pull. Well, that's... Uh, my point is, um, maybe the hypnosis... Like, because hypnosis doesn't work on everyone. Like, some, Accurate. some... Yeah, some people are more susceptible than other people are. Maybe David's unique condition of having been in the coma is why the hypnosis like worked the way it did on him. Maybe. I just, I would assume it would work pretty similar to other people. Maybe not as often, but mm. like, I can't imagine that these memories don't pop up for other people as well if they are going through hypnosis. Yeah. And it shows here also that David's not a man for details because he didn't notice that uh, Mary Margaret's hair was much longer than it is. Yeah. And she was dressed for like hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it is what it is. So back in the Enchanted Forest, Jiminy finds Prince Charming and after chewing through the ropes that bind him, suggests that since he cannot make Snow White remember him, maybe he should help her remember who she is. The queen is traveling down the road indicated on the map and Snow White draws back on her bow, ready to fire. However, Prince Charming jumps in front of the arrow, which strikes him in the shoulder and says that he loves her. He does not want Snow White's heart to be filled with darkness and that he would rather die than see that happen. Taken aback, Snow White kisses Prince Charming and the effects of the potion vanish with her memory of him restored. However, King George and his knights interrupt and the guards take Prince Charming, knocking Snow to the ground. As she sees him being taken away in a cage, Snow vows to Prince Charming that she will find him. So I have a few notes here. I found it interesting that Charming was shouting snow as he was being taken away from King George's men. And like, he doesn't think that they will just go back and take her to the queen or anything. Really? Like that would be the easiest way of disposable, like disposing of her as well. So yeah. And is this the first time that snow says I will always find you? I had the same note. So I think so. Okay. I had a very similar note. Mm -hmm. And the only other thing is here is, that bow is supposed to hit its target no matter what, right? Like, that's the enchantment of the bow. Are we to believe, then, that Charming was actually meant to be the target yeah. there for some reason? Because yeah, as we've, clearly it's not Regina. As we've said before, Rumple's always playing the long game. So I think he knew. Like, he, he set this up to hit Charming and, every, and it would break the curse so they would fall in love so he could bottle pure love with the because yeah. I, for, I forgot to mention in my notes, but in exchange for the information uh, about Snow White, Charming had to give Rumpel his cloak. I think which I forgot. has to... some of his hair on it, which, yeah. we, you know, it's in mm -hmm. another scene. <laughs> I mentioned before that I think Charming slash David is the one who goes through the most physical toll on the show. Like the most yeah. physical. Here's him getting shot in the show, which 
that shoulder, like it said in the wiki, it was in his shoulder. It was really close to his heart, like in in the yeah. episode. Like it was, it was very close. Anyway, just a little thing about him getting the most physical damage, I think, out of all the main characters. Yeah. So, in Storybrooke, David goes to marry Margaret, telling her about the flashback he just saw. He asks her to tell him the truth as to whether or not she killed Catherine. David's lack of faith in her pains Mary Margaret. She stood by him when the phone records said he lied, and when he was found at the spot of the disappearance, irrational with no memory. Then Mary Margaret tells him to leave. I hate David for this, I'm not gonna lie. Like, sir, think about those memories more, and like, really, she stood by you with all your and you couldn't stand by her. True love, my (laughs) We, uh, well, I think we said before, the thing that the curse took from David was his courage. Yes. And so this this is just a perfect example of it. He doesn't have the courage to stand with the woman that he loves, even though he should know that she's not capable of murdering someone. Oh, well. In the Enchanted Forest, Snow White returns to the dwarves and apologizes. Grumpy realizes that she has returned to her normal self, much to everyone's relief. She tells them that King George took Prince Charming and the dwarves offer to come with her to help. I do like the line there that uh, they're like, we'll see what Snow White and seven dwarves can really do. And I like that kind of allusion to the title of the movie. Yeah. In Storybrooke, while Mary Margaret is making her cot, she discovers a key as it falls from underneath the bed. The skull emblazoned key is able to unlock the door to her cell. She quickly relocks the door when Emma walks in and gives her her breakfast and bad news. She confirms that the DNA from the heart is a match to Catherine's. Therefore, the case against Mary Margaret is going through. Emma admits that she thinks Regina is behind it. Later, she visits Mr. Gold's pawn shop to discuss the possibility that Regina framed Mary Margaret. Mr. Gold acknowledges that Regina is tough, but he believes Emma is more powerful than she knows. So my notes here are Emma comes to Mr. Gold for help since she has lost to Regina every time she's gone up against her, except when he helped her. When Emma comes to see Mr. Gold, he is holding the genie's lamp from the fruit of the poisonous tree. And also, this is a little behind the scenes, Mr. Gold is wearing a wedding ring on his left hand. While Robert Carlyle was filming the scene, he forgot to take off his own wedding ring. Uh, yeah, just a little continuity. Uh oh. Something I like is that Emma and Mary Margaret both like, why would Regina even frame her? And I'm like, man, maybe this is the time to listen to Henry, who has <laughs> explanations for everything. Yeah. If only his story made any sense to yeah. a sound, logical mind. You got to be a believer sometimes, folks. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Rumpelstiltskin collects a hair from Prince Charming's cloak and drops it into a bottle containing Snow White's hair. The two strands of hair react to each other. He places the bottle above his reserved place for true love on his shelf of potions. And he has done the almost impossible and bottled true love. And then the final shot of the episode shows Mary Margaret's cell standing empty. Okay, I just had a thought, by the way, about the true love thing. Does he need that to enact the dark curse? 
Like, is that the part that keeps Emma from being the, like, is putting that in the dark first what makes Emma the catalyst for being able to break it is because that is in the curse now, their specific true love. Because true love is the most powerful magic. And what yeah. this curse did is very powerful magic. So was that a necessity? I don't re- I don't remember. I, I don't know if that was ever explained. I, I only have I'm not sure if it was or if yeah. it's explained coming up in other episodes. Yeah, it might know. it might be one of the drop plots that we've talked about before, like the series has things and then they drop it out of it with never referencing them again or whatever but I only have two episodes left to watch from season one I think I remember those episodes fairly well but maybe it'll pop up again and uh, yeah anyway I have uh there was a deleted scene for this episode the scene was called bullseye and it was scene 19 Emma Swan is sitting at a table in granny's diner when August Booth comes in and sits down He says he'd like to ask her out again, but knows it isn't the best time for her, and she agrees with him. He still offers to buy her a drink, and Ruby goes and gets it for her. He notices that she can't stop looking at Regina Mills and asks what she plans on doing. Emma wants to give her a piece of her mind, but it hasn't worked out lately. August gives her the advice to don't let Regina see it coming. August gets up and leaves the money to pay for Emma's drink. So well, I mean that checks out with what Emma says to Mary Margaret in that last scene, being like, "Regina can't see me coming if mm-hmm. I'm going to defeat her and like save you." Yeah, you're right. And finally, I have a bit of trivia. Uh, this is the first episode since pilot that all the regular cast members, with the exception of Emma and Henry, appear as both their Enchanted Forest and Storybrooke counterparts. Which makes huh. sense because interesting. Yeah, Emma and Henry don't have counterparts. Yes, uh, I do have one note that I didn't mention earlier because I didn't notice it. But uh, you know, when Snow is going to use the arrow and shoot Regina, it is snowing out, mm-hmm. and the Queen isn't in the carriage. She's mm. just riding a horse. And like every other time we see her, this woman is in the carriage, connected in the carriage, yet this random time where it's snowing, she's out on the horse. Yeah. Like, how did Rumpel know that that was even going to be like a thing? Listen, we got you, you got to stop questioning Rumpel. <laughs> with how, how does he know? He always knows. That's just the answer. He has the script for the episode. <laughs> no. How but, will they know? Yeah. How will they know? You're making me think of that song from, uh, what is that movie? Enchanted? Is that what it's called? Maybe. I've never actually seen Enchanted, so. Is that, but that is the one that like Cinderella comes to our world or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Are you talking about the how does he know? Yeah. 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 Okay. 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 I know the song. I know the song. That's what you're making me think of. All right. Well, presumably the cold wouldn't really bother Regina. Although she is cold-hearted, so most cold-hearted creatures. Cold never bothered me anyway. (laughs) All right, we're going into everything (laughs) We really are. But I I don't know. That is is an interesting thing to point out because she is always in the carriage when she's being... Yeah, and I know she's walking through like a village so there's people on the road, but Mm -hmm. like wouldn't that just mean she's more likely be in the carriage because she likes to protect herself? Like... Yeah. uh... No, you're right. 
Well, no one, no one, none of those people in that village at least are a threat to her. Very few characters are a threat to her, actually, in the Enchanted I guess you're right. And if she really got cold enough, she could just make a little fireball to warm herself up. Accurate. That concludes this week's episode of the Once Again Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to either our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at onceagainpod. If you are feeling generous and would like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. Also, a like and a share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you and have a wonderful day.